we're looking at fruit of the Spirit. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Well, fruit of the Spirit is peace. And if we're producing the fruit of the Spirit, we're going to have peace in our life. If we're not, it's going to be a lack of peace. Uh, I brought an illustration, a couple of things tonight I want to show you, but uh, let's get the fruit out there and see what we're talking about. Galatians 5.22, two verses, and explains or tells the fruit of the Spirit is, the fruit of the Spirit is nine things, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the nine parts of the fruit of the Spirit. And it says, against such things there's no law. Meaning there's not a law about the fruit of the Spirit because you don't have any limit to it. You don't have any restrictions to it. You're just producing it. And so there's no, well, I've done enough now. I don't want to step over. I don't want to go too far here. There's no such thing. We produce it, uh, or the Holy Spirit produces it in us, as we're going to see. But what we might think about is uh, a piece of fruit. This is a cutie. And uh, it's a uh, mandarin, right, cutie. And so uh, it's good stuff. Everybody's wanting it a while ago in the choir, and so I had to hang on to it, watch, make sure it didn't get out the door with somebody, or eat it, one or the other. But within the fruit, you look at that and say, well, that's a piece of fruit. But within that piece of fruit are the parts of the fruit, such as the, the pieces of the fruit that you would eat. And around the pieces of the fruit is the skin, And around the skin and the fruit is all the peeling and the parts that are inside the peeling. And so you got to have all of that. Inside that are seeds. Well, actually, in this type right here, there are no seeds. But typically, within the fruit, there are seeds. So you have many parts to this piece of fruit that looks like this from the outside. You say, well, that's fruit. But here's the fruit here. You know, it's the pieces, it's the parts that makes up what's on the outside. And we're going to look at that tonight because as we look at the fruit... We see nine parts, nine parts, if you will, that make up the fruit. It is singular. The word fruit there is singular, indicating nine parts of the fruit. Listed, there's nine parts, not nine fruits, but nine parts of one fruit. And they're to be found in the follower follow of Jesus, us. If we're following Jesus, this whole fruit, all nine parts, ought to be found in us as we're living our life under the control of the Holy Spirit. If we're following Jesus day by day, we're denying self, taking up our cross daily, following Jesus, and we're close to Him, we're under the control of the Holy Spirit, this whole fruit's going to be produced within us. That whole fruit, as listed there in verse uh, 5.22-23, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, will be produced within us. But we have to understand this. The fruit of the Spirit, this whole fruit, nine parts, is not produced by the Christian. We're not doing it. We're not producing this fruit, but it's produced by the Holy Spirit living in us. He's working through us, working through the Christian who's in connection with Christ. We're following Christ. We're connected to Him. We're born again. We're saved, been redeemed, been rescued out of the world, into the kingdom. And so we're following Him. We're connected with Him. And He's given us the Holy Spirit as a deposit. And as the Holy Spirit lives in us, works in us, He's producing this. Not us. We're not doing this. He is. And so sometimes we, we maybe look, get a little confusion there, but fruit, of the lot, fruit is the life of the Christian lived out. Fruit, of the lot, fruit is the life of the Christ lived out in the Christian. It's Jesus living through us, Je- Jesus living in us and moving into the world in which we live. It's simply Him at work in us, and the fruit that is seen in a Christian 
It's not what we do, it's what he does in us and through us. So, got a little bit of the introduction out of the way, so let's look at the message. Let's look at these nine pieces of fruit that make up the whole fruit, the one fruit. And the first one it started with there in that verse 22 was love. Uh, the love is the foundation of all the other parts. It's listed first because it has the primary importance. And God said, hey, love's the foundation. Everything's built on the foundation of love for the fruit to rest upon because God is love. The scriptures many times says God is love. God loves the world. We know John three sixteen and other verses. This self-sacrificing love sent Jesus to the cross to die for sinners like you and I. This love, that love is God, God loves the world. He said, I'm going to send Jesus into the world. This self-sacrificing, I'm going to let Jesus, my son, my only son, come into the world, suffer and die for you because only his blood can rescue us from our sins. His sacrifice can rescue us from our sins. So this self-sacrificing love sent Jesus to the cross, die for us. And the same kind of fruit God wants to produce in everyone has the Holy Spirit living in them. So God said, I want to take that one piece of fruit, one part of the fruit, one piece within the fruit called love, and I want to put it into your life, and I want that to come out of you into the world in which we live, and it's called self-sacrificing love. So love is never about us. Sometimes we say we love people, and we call somebody's name. I love, you know, fill in the blank. But what does that love really mean? Is it a self-sacrificing love? Too many times we hear that word love and really it's wanting to come back to us because we may say or somebody may say to us, I love you, but really? Or is it about that person you see? Self-sacrificing love is something that's, un that's different than the world. The world says, I love you because you're going to do something for me. I love you and you're going to give back to me. I love you and you're, I'm going to expect something from you. But this kind of love right here, <laughs> self-sacrificing, it's all about the other person. It's all about Jesus working through me into the world in which I live, causing me to be self-sacrificing, me backing up and looking at what takes care of you, what meets your needs, what you want, what's going to encourage you, build you up, and meet all your needs that need to be met. And that's the self-sacrificing love. And so that's just one piece of the fruit, just one part that is called love, and that's the foundation of this whole part of the fruit. So we got eight more to go. Uh, next, he says, there's joy. Where did my joy go? There it is. Joy is that inner rejoicing that reigns in everyone who remains in a close relationship with Christ. So two word, two, making the word remains there twice. Inner rejoicing remains in us. It stays within us. Because sometimes we think about joy coming and going. Well, I don't feel very joyful today. I'm just kind of down about this. I'm kind of down about that. and I just don't feel very joyful today. But this joy remains in everyone who remains in a close relationship with Christ. If I'm in a close relationship with Christ, my joy is going to be there. My joy is going to remain. It's not going to come and go. The only way my joy is going to come and go is if my relationship with Jesus comes and goes. If I'm not standing real close to Jesus and, and being attentive to Him, listening to Him, hearing from Him, being close to Him close relationship with Him. It's, if it's not close, I've kind of backed away for that moment, that day, that time. Well, my joy is going to do the same thing. Then something's going to happen around me that I didn't like, I didn't ask for, I didn't want, some kind of circumstance, some kind of event. Somebody said something, somebody did something, and boy, my joy's gone. I mean, it just flew off, and now I'm going to fly off. 
The only way to have that joy is to be staying right here close to Jesus. If I'm close to Him, I'm remaining in Him, that joy is going to remain in me too. Then let all of this around me just start falling apart and going to a bad place that you don't want it to go. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> I'm okay. I've still got joy. Because I'm staying close to Him and He's staying close to me. See how that works? Joy does not depend on circumstances, but it depends on our trust in Christ. As long as I'm trusting Him for what I'm going through, I'm going through some bad stuff here, going through some events, going through some terrible times, maybe it's health, maybe finances, maybe job, maybe home, maybe whatever. You fill in the blank, whatever it is, I'm okay with that. I'm trusting Him. I'm staying close to Him. Because if I don't, (laughs) I got troubles. I want to stay close here so I can stay close with my joy. And that's just simply another part of the fruit. I didn't produce it. I didn't make it. I didn't do anything to have it. All I did was stay trusting with Christ, stay close to Him, letting the Holy Spirit work through me and giving me the second part of that whole piece of fruit. But we're not done yet, are we? Because we've got some more pieces of fruit to go. Now we have peace, the thing we've been talking about since January, the main part of tonight. But we couldn't take this one out and, and leave the rest of them out. So peace is an inner quietness and freedom from chaos and war which comes from within us. See, if we lack peace, it's not because of all the stuff going on around us. It's about all the stuff going on within us. Sometimes, well, Jesus talked about don't, have, don't let your hearts be troubled. Sometimes we can get a troubled heart. You know, we, we just, things ain't going right. You know, things ain't going good. We, you know, we start talking about this and that, and all these troubles we got, things going on at work and home and all the stuff. We just take a big breath like, where's this inner quietness and freedom and chaos and war? Oh, wait, it's going on within me. It's not what's going on around me, it's what's going on within me. So where's my relationship with Christ? Did I back up a little bit from Him? Because mm-hmm. if I'm not close to Him, this is going to happen. This peace produced only by the Holy Spirit within us is there even in the face, even in the face of difficult situations. So if I'm trusting Christ, I'm staying close to Him, I'm remaining in Him. He's remaining in me. I'm following Him. Let all the world around me just go to get bad, get rough. I'm okay. I've got peace. Because everything going on within me is about Jesus. He's given me peace. He's given me joy. He's given me love. What else could I need? I got it all. I'm staying with Him. He's staying with me. Let the difficult situations come. I've got peace in it. Because it's what's going on within me, not around me that's causing it. Because sometimes everything going on around us can be fine. You at peace? Yeah. <laughs> How come? Well, got stuff going good at home, going good at work, going good at finances, health, and all that. I'm doing good. But then when those bad times come, those tough times come, are we still at peace? Everything's still good? It is only if we're in that close relationship to Jesus, not anywhere else. So that gives us a third part of the fruit to make the whole fruit of the Spirit, but we're not done yet. This fruit is incomplete without the rest of it. So we still got some more to go, haven't we? How about patience? That's a good one, isn't it? Don't you just love patience? Patience is a calmness. What's calmness? If you're calm, what are you? What? I wouldn't know. If somebody's calm, what are they? What? Content, okay. No? No? Content? What's the term a lot of people use now? Chilled out? 
I'm just chilling. You know, maybe that's not the right way it's said nowadays, but is that the right way? Yeah. Those are, okay, chill. You know, I'm, I'm calm. I'm okay. I'm doing all right. You know, just busted up everything around me and everything just tore up around me. But I'm still calm. A calmness in the face of, wait, look, being provoked. You ever been provoked? You know about provoking? Is that a word we can identify to? You know, provoking somebody getting a finger in their face, somebody saying stuff about it, somebody pointing at it, somebody, you know, this, 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 and even maybe tapping us, you know, and or talking, there comes that text, there comes that email, there comes that phone call, there comes that knock at the door, there comes whatever, work, home, marriage, family, whatever it may be, here it comes. I'm getting fired up. You know, I'm getting about to, mm, here we go, better back up. I, I better go home. I better get away from this or... You know, somebody's fixing to get hurt. But this calmness in the face of being provoked, or maybe another way to look at it, just a difficult situation at work. Boy, this is a problem at work. It's just going haywire. It's just going wrong. Can't seem to get it worked out. Can't seem to figure it out. Uh, just a difficult situation. Home, marriage, family, life in general. But there's a calmness there. But wait, we're not still, we haven't finished the definition yet, have we? It's calmness in the face of being provoked by somebody or a difficult situation going on without complaining. Do we know the word complain? We all do, do, okay. Tricia says we all do. What now? Nagging, okay. (laughs) Like this morning, okay. The word we couldn't define. All right, so without complaining, you know, complaining. It's just too cold in here. I mean, every Sunday when I come here, it's just too cold. No, it's not. It's just too hot. Every Sunday when I come here, it's just too hot. Well, well, I don't, I need some better lights than this. You know, there's a bulb out right there. That bulb is out right there. I'm just, we need to get that bulb fixed. Bubby got a ladder? Somebody stole it. Somebody needs to get his ladder back to him. I don't know who stole it, but somebody better get it, get it back to him quick. He needs to get up there and fix that light. Somebody else got a ladder on him? You see how complaining goes? I mean, it's just never satisfied, never right, never, never everything just okay. But we're still not through with the definition yet, are we? <laughs> Without complaining or becoming irritated. Mm, irritated. That's a tough one, isn't it? You ever get irritated or something? We all do. If we're truthful. These are some fairly new shoes, and my right foot, I think, has a blister on it. It's irritating my foot. This right shoe is just irritating my foot. I, I think I'm going to have a blister on when I get home. I can feel it right on the edge of my ankle back here, and uh, I better just go and kick it off now. It's going to be, you know, it's just going to be a problem if I don't. And so, becoming irritated. And so, that's even more irritating. <laughs> You're hiding your eyes, aren't you? <laughs> Just my shoe irritating my foot. And so, but you see how that... So let's put it all together. Patience is a calmness in the face of being provoked or a difficult situation without complaining or becoming irritated. Are you there tonight? Or do you need to get there? Another word for patience you'll find in the King James Version especially is long-suffering. Long-suffering. I've been hurting. I've been going through a hard time. I've been going through a difficult situation a long time, but I'm getting through it. I'm enduring through it. It means endurance, 
getting through it, hanging in there, keeping going. Perseverance, just keeping going. Hang, those are just different words for the word patience. But how do we get this patience? See, patience is only one part, that's the fourth part now, of this whole piece of fruit that only the Holy Spirit can produce within us. We cannot get it. We cannot gain it. We cannot work for it. We can't figure it out. We can't just say, okay, today I'm going to be patient. I'm going to write myself a note, be patient. It doesn't work that way. Just like all those others that we've already covered, we can't produce it. Only the Holy Spirit living in us can. So when we talk about patience, and that seems to be, you know, a good one tonight. <laughs> um, only the Holy Spirit can do that. We can't do it. We can't make it happen. We can't fix it. We can't do anything about it, but God can through the Holy Spirit living in us. So again, that means I need to stay close to my relationship to Christ. If I back up from my relationship with Him, then He can't fill me with the Holy Spirit. He can't produce patience within me. And then guess what? We're going to lose it, aren't we? You ever lost your patience? Okay. Yeah, we all have. Okay. All right. Kindness. Another piece of the fruit. Kindness means providing something beneficial to someone in need. Just somebody needs something. If I give that to them, it's going to be beneficial to them. It's going to help them. It's benevolence in action. Benevolence means somebody needs some help. I'm concerned about them. I'll pray for them. I'll talk about it. Somebody else, I'll let, you know. It's kind of like a while ago, uh, Mike and Danny were over in the other building. We were getting this table and bringing it over here. And Mike said, hey, you need any help? No, we got it. Okay, I was going to let Danny do it. You know, so he was being benevolent, asking if I needed help, but he's placing Danny in action, you see. And I know he meant he was kidding about it. No, John was. Oh, he was. <laughs> but it's benevolent in action. It's doing something. I'm concerned about what's going on here. I see you need help moving the table. I'll help you out. Benevolence in action produced by the Holy Spirit within us. So again, we can't be kind. Aren't there times you just don't feel kind to somebody? I mean, there's something going on. I, you know, you brought, that's your problem. <laughs> you deal with it. I don't even know you, you know, or, or you're my best friend or you're in my family, but hey, you, you got to deal with it. So we can't produce it. Only the Holy Spirit can. But again, I got to be close to Jesus or otherwise I won't be kind in some situations. But if I'm right here with Him, He's right here with me. He's producing and providing the Holy Spirit within me to produce this kindness. We're going to be okay. So now we've got the sixth part of the piece of fruit. Only a part of the fruit because we're trying to make up the whole piece of fruit and we're not there yet, are we? We've got to look at goodness now. Goodness means generosity and giving. How much do you need? $100? Okay, here's 110 Generosity, you know, you need 200 Okay, here's 250 It means integrity. Goodness means integrity. Means you can be trusted, you can be looked up to, you can be respected, you can be accountable for your actions. It's an action of reaching out to others to do good, even when it's not mm, deserved. You know, sometimes some people just don't deserve to be generous to. I mean, they just, we just don't, do we? <laughs> you know, we've done wrong, we've acted wrong, we misbehaved, we, you know, whatever. We blew it. We tore it up. We didn't make it right. You know, we don't deserve your generosity. But you're going to be generous anyway? Wow. <laughs> Only the Holy Spirit could do that, you see. Because we look at people and say, you don't deserve me to help you. You got in this fix yourself, you get out of it. You don't deserve any help from me. You don't deserve me to be good to you. 
but goodness says reaching out to others to do good even when it's not deserved. It means going the second mile when it's not required. Second mile, Matthew talks about that, the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, we have a whole ministry here, the second mile ministry, based on her daddy's message one day. When I was gone somewhere, he was preaching, and, and the whole ministry came out of that message he produced that day. We don't have to do it, but we do it anyway. It's not required, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to go another mile, and I'm going to be good. I'm going to show integrity, another piece of the fruit, getting into the whole fruit that we're not there yet, are we? Because now there's faithfulness. We're just about there, so hang on. <clears throat> there's faithfulness. Trustworthy, dependable, and reliable when dealing with other people and situations. That's a tough one too, isn't it? You mean this situation i got to deal with. You know, I didn't ask for this situation. I didn't want this situation. Here it is, dumped in my lap. Now what have I got to do? i got to be trustworthy in this. i got to, you know... Trust and, and you trust and, and just be trustworthy through this whole situation that, that I don't like. I got to be dependable here. <laughs> Come on. I'm ready to quit. I'm ready to give up. I'm ready to walk away. I'm not going to do this. Reliable? No. Can't count on me. I know I said I'd be there at 5 o'clock, but I'm not. I'll be there at 6.30. I know I said I'm going to come tomorrow, but I'm not. I'll be there next day. You know, those kind of things, dependable, reliable, trustworthy. But we're doing it while dealing with other people and situations, not just in our life, but other people around us. And so people are noticing and watching, say, can I trust you? Yeah. Are you dependable? Mm-hmm. Are you reliable? Oh, yeah. Let's see. How about on a job? You're working somewhere at a job, and you're supposed to be there at 8 o'clock every morning. What if you're there at 8.30? Well, okay, got in some traffic. What if you do it again the next day? Well, you know, got up late. What if you do it the third day? You know, somewhere along in there, there's going to be a pattern. Some boss is going to say, look, I need you here at 8 o'clock. Can't get here at 8 o'clock. I don't need you. I'll get somebody else. Trustworthy, dependable, reliable, while dealing with other people in situations. Again, only the Holy Spirit living in us can cause us to be faithful because we don't always want to be faithful. I just want to back up and sit down every now and then. I just want, you know, somebody else to do the job, somebody else to do the work, somebody else to fill in for me. Somebody else just carry the load. Somebody else pick up my burden. Somebody do something for me because I don't want to do it right now. But faithfulness says I'm trustworthy. I'm dependable and I'm reliable even when dealing with other people in situations. But we can't do it ourselves unless we stay close to Jesus. Then we can. So we have now a, another part of the fruit of the Spirit. Now we've got, what, three, six, seven. So we're almost there getting the whole fruit, but we're not done yet, are we? Because now we've got gentleness. How about gentleness? It's a mild attitude and behavior. Is your attitude mild? <laughs> Would you say you're a mild attitude person? You know, you're just easy to get along with. You're just calm and cool like a cucumber, and you're just, you know, you walk through life, and everything's okay, and you're, you're just... Gentleness says, I see, yeah, I see that hand back there pointing to himself. Yeah. <laughs> Gentleness is a mild attitude and behavior. Just the way you behave, just the way you act, the way you interact, the way you interact, uh, the way you react, just mild in, in your behavior. It's submissive to God's word. It means if I'm gentle, it means God is speaking to me, God is showing me, I'm reading his word, and he's showing me something he wants me to do. And I say, I'm right on it, God. I'll do that, and I'll do that. I won't do that. You say, don't do that. Okay, I won't. <laughs> you know, but we're looking at God's Word, and we're being submissive to it. Whatever He says, we're going to do it. That's gentleness. 
It's considerate of the needs of others. How considerate of the needs of others are we? You know, we look at you and, well, I would like to have, I would like to have this green cord, but, you know, I'd, I'd really been wanting one, but you'd rather have it, Bubba? Oh, okay. If, that, if that's what you really want, I'll let you have it. Just being considerate of the needs of others, just looking for others to do for and help out and dealing with other people. And so up and consider of your needs. You know, kind of like going out to eat. Where do you want to eat today? I don't know. Where do you want to eat? Well, I'm not real sure. How about Burger King? No, I don't want to go to Burger King. <laughs> where do you want to eat? Well, I don't know. Well, how about McDonald's? No, I don't want to go to McDonald's either. Where do you want to go eat? I don't know. Doesn't matter. Okay, we're going to Chick-fil-A. I don't want to go to Chick-fil-A. Where do you want to go? You know. And so you've been, what, what, Chuck? Then it does matter, yes. <laughs> it does matter. And so you're considerate of the other person asking and giving and helping the other person. It's a teachable spirit. If we're ha- we have gentleness, we're, we have a teachable spirit. We're saying, God, teach me. God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to, which way to turn. I don't know how to act in this situation. Would you teach me, God? And God's Word is coming to us, and we're reading things in God's Word, and He's showing us some things, and, well, I never knew that. I didn't realize that. God, you're just teaching me, and I want to know. I want to gain. I want to get more. And we just have a teachable spirit. Would you say you have a teachable spirit? It is literally strength under the control of the Holy Spirit with loving service to God and respectful actions toward others. Only two people in the whole Bible were called gentle. Jesus in the New Testament and who in the Old Testament? Ben? Ben? Hmm. Gentle Ben? No. Hmm. You should have gotten that in Bubba. You should have said that one. All right. Not gentle being, though. It was Moses. Moses was the only other person to be called gentle in the whole whole Bible. And so the word... All right. Okay, it's done. We're we're through. And And so gentle is under the control of the Holy Spirit. It's like this. Strength under the control of the Holy Spirit. It's like this. A horse. A horse that's never been ridden. Never been on it. Never had a saddle on it. Never had a bridle on it. Nothing like that. But one day, some person gets out there with that horse, teaches how to get a bridle on it, puts a blanket on it, puts a saddle on it, gets on it, begins to ride. Well, first few times, that horse going crazy, trying to buck him off, trying to do this, trying to do that, doesn't want to act right, doesn't want to do right with the bridle and all those sort of things. And finally, one day, that rider gets control of that horse and rides it every day. It's just gentle. It's a good horse. Rides it every day, all the time. That horse has the same strength it had before it was broke, as you would call it, before it was trained, as you would call it, by that rider with the bridle and the reins and the saddle and all that. It's still bucking them off, but it doesn't because it's under the control of the rider. The rider now has control of that horse with the reins. That horse will turn or stop or go under the control of that person on their back. That's gentleness. That's us. We have the same strength we had before we got saved, had the same strength that we had before we got this piece of the uh, fruit of the Spirit, but now we're under the, under the control of the Holy Spirit. We could still butt God off because we used to. We could still tell God, no, we're not going to do that because we used to. 
But now, Holy Spirit's got it on us, has our reins of our life, and He turns us, and He stops us, and He leads us, and we follow and submissive to the Holy Spirit because we're under His control now. So how does that happen? We stay close to Jesus. We have that relationship with Him that's close and personal. Therefore, when He tells us stop, okay, we stop. When He tells us to go, we go. Okay, we go. When He tells us change, we change. When He tells us, you know, whatever it is, we're submissive to Him because we're gentle. We have a teachable spirit. We're considerate of the needs of others. We're submissive to His Word. Have a mild attitude and behavior. We don't bring it on. Only the Holy Spirit does. And that's another piece of that fruit that's making up the whole fruit in our life. So we got one more, don't we? Last one. <laughs> I don't know why I saved this one for last, <laughs> but he did. Self-control. How about that one? The ability to master our desires and passions. Things we want to do. Places we want to go. Things we want to eat. Things we want to drink. Things we want to smoke. Things we want to do. You know, whatever. I mean, just name it. Just what I want to do. I, I mean, I just desire to do it. But if we got self-control, we now have the ability to master those things we want to do that God says, don't do that. <laughs> don't go there. Don't, mm -mm, don't, don't mess with that. But I want to, God. I can remember when I did, and I re used to like it a whole lot. Can't I still do it? Mm -mm. And so it's still there within us. And so he says, when we have self-control, we now have the ability to master our desires and passions. We control self. It's remaining under the, Spirit, under, under the control of the Holy Spirit. So how do we do that? How do we crave that chocolate kiss, dark chocolate kiss, I mind you, that's in that jar that's now sitting on the dresser that was sitting on the table in the living room, but it got moved to the dresser in the bedroom, so it'd be out of sight, I guess. I'm not sure why it's removed, but it, it was moved. And so, I'm not looking that way. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so, <laughs> I did, didn't I? I did this morning, I did tonight. <laughs> I have no self control. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Boy, it's getting worse. Wait till next week when I share my. Second part is testimony. Um, all right, we were talking about self-control. Dark chocolate kiss. How do you not go by the canister and eat every one of them in just one sitting? I don't either. I know. Dark chocolate kiss. I mean, have you had one? All right, she has. All right, boy. All right, for some, dark chocolate. Ain't got a problem, have you? Leave it there, let the ants get it, you know, whatever. But not me. I mean, it's there, you gotta eat it. A dark chocolate kiss, you just gotta eat it. How do you, this, the ability to master desires and passions. How do you do that? Staying close to the Holy Spirit, staying close to Jesus, letting Him fill us with the Holy Spirit. And then we now have the final piece of the whole fruit of the Spirit. But see, these nine qualities provided by the Holy Spirit living in us reveal the Christian's attitude toward God, self, and others. It just simply says, if I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, if I'm filled with the fruit of the Spirit, I'm producing the fruit of the Spirit through the Holy Spirit living in me, 
It shows my attitude toward God, for one thing. God, I'm submissive to you, what you want me to do, I'm listening to you. But it shows my relationship, my attitude toward other people. I want to be gentle, I want to be kind, I want to be loving and all that. But also toward myself, self-control, maintaining that self-control, doing the things I need to be doing. And so it's provided simply by the Holy Spirit living in us. And it's revealing who we are in our relationship with Christ. So this fruit is produced only through the Holy Spirit living in us, reshaping and transforming our life to simply become like Jesus. Jesus had all nine of these qualities. Therefore, he produced the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that he wants us to be just like him? Do you know that we can have all nine qualities of the Holy Spirit, even including patience, (laughs) which we seem to have maybe, or self-control, or any of those others? We can have it all. We can have all nine pieces of this fruit, all parts of the fruit, making up the whole fruit of the Holy Spirit, we can have it all. How? Through a close relationship with Jesus at all times. If we don't, we're going to be stepped away from Him just that moment, and then here comes that patience or that peace or that self-control or that any of those other nine qualities that God's looking for. Is it coming through? See Psalm 1-1. Blessed is the man, the woman, who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, doesn't listen to wicked people, evil people, doesn't get advice from people of the world, or stand in the way of sinners, you know, get in the way of sinners trying to get to Jesus, or sit in the seat of mockers, let's laugh and cut up and have a good time about talking about them and about this. And Blessed is the person that doesn't do that. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Oh, my delight's in here. I want to hear from God. I want to know what Jesus has to say. I want to know what He wants me to do. And in His law, He meditates on it day and night, just dwells on it. Meditate means to mumble it. So you've read something in God's Word. You looked at it last night, this morning, or whenever. And now it's just on your lips. It just kind of comes out. You're meditating on it. You're thinking about it. God, what do you want me to do? This person's like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit. There's our word in season and whose leaf does not wither and whatever he does prospers. The fruit is produced because we're listening to God, staying close to him, and he's doing a work within us, producing this fruit. And so we become like that tree by the water. We've always got plenty of moisture coming into us, plenty of nutrients coming into us through the Holy Spirit, and we're going to yield the fruit in season when we need it. When it's time for it, just like tomorrow, about 2 o'clock, may be the time for a piece of this fruit to produce, be produced. Or about Wednesday afternoon around 1 o'clock, we may need a piece of that fruit really produced at that moment. I don't know which one it may be, but it may be one of the nine pieces so that all of the fruit of the Holy Spirit can be produced by a situation going on in our life. Because we're getting what we need through God producing that fruit. This is a fan, if you didn't already notice. <laughs> it's got fan blades, got a little protector here, it's got a motor, it's got a stand, it's got a switch turned on and off, got a plug to plug in electricity. And so if it's everything's functioning properly and, and going good with it, you can turn it on and it's going to blow some wind. And so you just turn it on with a switch and it starts working and it does good. I was telling some of them a while ago in the sixth grade, Mrs. Campbell some of you remember Mrs. Campbell, the teacher. Uh, she taught me sixth grade. 
and during recess one day, well, during the hot days of the year, she had a fan, something like this, on her desk, and she'd have it on running to cool her down while she taught us. She needed a lot of cooling down to teach us. And so one day at recess, we were in her room, wasn't supposed to be, but we were in there, three or four of us, and so we were daring each other to put the finger in the fan. Sixth grade now. In the sixth grade, what are you, about six, five, you know? <laughs> or just acting that way. Twelve, yeah. Well, we're daring one another to put her finger in the... One boy, and I won't call his name out because they're on camera. He said, I'll do it. Okay, go ahead and do it. We all laughed. So he stuck his finger in there. And when he did, is his index finger. Blood just, you know, the fan's on, so blood's going everywhere. And he yells and hollers and screams. And he cut his finger, I mean, just about slicing it off, looked like. And, I mean, it hurt. It was bad. Well, you know, he's hollering and cutting up. We're trying to figure out what do we do. Do we need to run? Do we need to go get help? Do we need to get out of here so we can die in peace? Or You know, what, what are we going to do? Well, recess is over. Miss Campbell comes in. What are you all doing? You know, how do you explain it? And she put something on it. They go to the office and all that. And so she quizzed him out. Who dared you to do it? Well, he told off. He told names. And so now three of us are in trouble. And anyway... But it works fine because it's producing air. The Holy Spirit's working in us, working fine, producing what needs to be produced because it's doing its job. The Holy Spirit's doing its job. We're having the pieces of fruit coming through our life because the Holy Spirit's doing His job within us. But what if, just what if, the power got cut off? The fan goes off. So that's what happens when the power of the Holy Spirit gets cut off in our life. Some of these pieces of fruit aren't being produced. Maybe it's gentleness. Maybe it's self-control. Maybe it's kindness. Maybe it's peace. Whatever. Something's not being produced in a given situation when we need it to be produced at that moment in time, but it's not coming through in us because the power's cut off. We're not standing close to the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. In that moment in time, something's missing. A piece of the fruit is missing. Stay connected to the power this week, the power of the Holy Spirit. Let Him produce the whole fruit in us. Not just a piece, a part, but all of it. It can happen (laughs) if we stay connected to the power. It can happen. We can have all of it working every day in our life.